Well, that's awesome. And on behalf of everybody here, just want to wish you guys at home and here in the room with us. Uh, my wife is here, so hey, you're my baby's moms. So I appreciate you. And all the mamas at home, we love you. And I want to say especially, um, I think about people like my sister and some of y'all that have tried for years to have babies. And today is an especially hard day because you've not been able to. Just know that we appreciate you and that um, God has a great plan for your life. Regardless of if you ever have a child or not, um, you serve the needs of so many children. And we're grateful for you. And I believe God's going to use you in a great way. So ladies, in general, we honor you today. We love you. And we just want to say happy Mother's Day. So I'm excited to continue this series of social distancing on Mother's Day as we continue social distancing. But aren't we excited? Because tomorrow we get to eat in restaurants. Somebody say amen in this place. Thank you, Jesus. And so we're we're. Counting down the weeks that we're going to be able to worship in here, it is not going to be long. We've kind of circled the date of June the 7th as the date that we can worship together, and we'll see. So we'll continue to contact and let you know and, and inform you about our plans. But in the meantime, we're excited to worship with you this morning and in the next few weeks until we can all be together again in Jesus' name. Social distancing, just as a reminder... Social distancing is a bad name, I think, of what they wanted us to be. Social distancing, it should be called personal space distancing. Personal space. Because I like personal space distancing regardless of if we're supposed to be wearing masks because people don't get it in my faith. Come on, Jesus. I don't like close talking. Jesus' name. A <laughs> you sneeze on me. Praise the Lord. But today, I want to talk about this subject, rekindling the relationship. Someone say rekindle. 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 Thank you to Jordan who brought me the whole set to get the fire going today. I don't know if y'all know what this is. I don't know if y'all know what this is, but this is a fire stoker. Pow, pow. And some of y'all are looking going, what in the world is he doing? Just wait because you're going to see in Jesus' name. So if y'all have ever started a fire in a house, that particularly, hopefully, in a fireplace. Are y'all with me? If y'all have ever started a fire in a fireplace, this thing is not to be used on the front end, right? You don't have to get started. When you start the fire, you don't use this guy. You use it after the fire's going, and you just you, you give it a little cackity, 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 cackity. Sometimes you got to work on the wood a little bit. Sometimes you got to work, but but you use this guy in particular to make sure that to make sure that you keep it going, but. You know, today we don't have to do the same thing that they did back in the day. Back in the day, they didn't have those. I have in my office, I almost brought it out to light my candles. This, the long, like the one you use, for, you know, the one you use for the, for the grill. It's like, it's this long. It's like a big, tall candle lighter thing. It's ridiculous. But when the fire was started back in the day, this would heat the house. They would cook with these stoves. And so the goal was not to keep the fire burning. The goal was to keep the coals hot enough that you could just stoke them in the morning, throw some more wood in, and keep them going. But today, we don't care, right? We just let it burn out. We get some more kindling, get a little bit of wood, get the newspapers or whatever. Since we don't buy newspapers anymore, some kind of papers, right? Throw them in there. Just get that little 
eight-foot lighter that we've got and light it back up. And so it's not lazy. It's just, it's just what we do today. But that is not what they did back then because it was difficult to start fires. So once the fire was started, the whole goal was just to keep it going. Now, when it comes to our relationships, it's the same type thing. Because we're in such a microwave world that we can just, we feel like we can just turn it on and we're back going, this doesn't really become part of our equation very often. Like, matter of fact, we put the stoker away. We put, we put what fans the flame of the fire. Did y'all have, did y'all have house fires growing up? Y'all remember the thing, if you did? My dad had this, this big thing in the house, and it was like, it looked like, help me, Jesus. It looked like a big accordion, and it would, and it would, and it would keep the fire going. You would fan the flame to make sure that it's burning hot. And like today, you don't even worry about it because we either have a fire outside or most of us, right? What do most of us have in our homes today? Gas logs. So you just turn a switch and it comes on. Some of y'all are too, too much, so it burns your eyebrows, right? But, but it's easy. Matter of fact, in our house, we have a switch. And we just go to the light switch and go, click. Isn't that kind of how relationships feel today? Uh, this, this is not a marriage conversation, but it, in our marriages, doesn't it feel like we just, we just kind of let the fire burn out, and then we're just like, where's that switch? Where's that switch? We just want to flip it on. We could talk about sex. Come on, somebody, and just think that we can just flip it on. The, the ladies in here should be saying, amen, that ain't how it works. Come on, Jesus, right? But in particularly our relationship with the Lord our relationship with the Lord, this seems to be the issue. This seems to be the problem is, is, that, is that we think, I hope Mark brings a good message on Sunday because I need for him to turn my switch on so that I'm good to go for the whole week. Fill me up till I overflow. I'm going to get, Mark, you better be preaching good. Come on, Jesus, so I can get it, right? Like I need enough to last me for the week. So make sure that you fill my fire, fill my tank, make sure that I have enough. But listen, I love you, and I work hard, and I'm excited about this message, but that's not my job. It's not my job. That's his job, but you got to let it happen because he is the fire, but you got to fan the flame. And I'm going to show you where this comes from, and I'm excited, and it ties into Mother's Day, so praise the Lord. So, I want you to just follow along with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is going to be a familiar passage for many of y'all because we take verse 7 and we make it this whole big thing. Matter of fact, I almost guarantee on social media you've seen some pastor or some person quote this. But what you haven't probably done is known where it came from and the point of it. And the point of it was not just to quote that verse out of context, but to understand where it's coming from because rekindling the relationship has to happen before verse 7 does. So look, it says, Paul says this, I thank God whom I serve as many, as, as did many, let me try that one more time, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. I remember you your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Watch this. It says, I'm, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. And it's a faith that dwelt first in your grandma. I think this is so cool. He says, that faith that you have first lived in your grandma and then in your mom, Eunice. First in your grandmother, Lois, and then your mama, Eunice. And now I am sure 
dwells in you. I'm going to stop right here just for a second. This is the important, this is the importance of mothers out there. Isn't this fascinating that it doesn't say first in your dad and then in your granddad? I'm so grateful for mamas that pray and mamas that lead the way. I'm grateful for my mama and my wife and the mamas in this room and the ladies that lead the way that show sons and daughters the way to live their lives. And I think it's fascinating that Paul even points this out in this passage to his apprentice, to the one under him. He said, I'm going to tell you one of the reasons that I know you have faith in the Lord is because you followed in the footsteps of your mother and your grandmother. That is a legacy, y'all, that we can be thankful for. And then this is the verse that I want to sit on for a few minutes. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now, look at what the Passion Translation in this verse says. He says, I'm encouraging you. I'm going to pick my fire stoker back up. He says, I mean, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and, what's this word? Say it loud. Rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Now, for some of y'all, this might not make sense because y'all might be thinking, well, what does that mean in the laying on of hands and all this kind of stuff? But here, here's the simplified version of what I want you to take away from this, all right? What I want you to take away from this is not to get into the details of the laying on of hands, and I do think that's important. And by the way, it's ironic that we're not supposed to touch each other right now, right? And there's something that, that Paul was able to pass on by just laying on of hands and by praying. And there's something about connectivity with those who God has called you to who are spiritual fathers and mothers in your life. And so there's something to that. But particularly, I want to talk to you as if we're all Timothys today, as if we all have something that is living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit that, that is supposed to be activated. So, so here's a couple things. Number one, if you're not a Christian today, I'm so excited that you're watching along with us. And this can happen for you just like this. But lots of people know, and they've even used this in a cuss word before, they, they, they know that Jesus and Christ go together. But Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ actually means anointed or anointed one. Now, when Jesus went to heaven, Christ didn't go to heaven with him. Christ came to you in the person of the Holy Spirit, and we are all anointed in Christ Jesus. So whenever I trust Jesus as my Savior, I receive his Holy Spirit. The Bible says that I'm sealed with the, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but that gift is just in there like these fires that are burning out that need to be blown to, to warm back up and then rekindled to stoke. I have to rekindle the relationship because it's not enough that God filled me and that I'm, that I'm full of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times I feel dead and, and, and in my doldrums and blah and not good. And I wonder these questions. I bet you you felt what I've said many times. Why is it that we had such a great Sunday and it felt like God was moving and it felt so awesome? And then on Monday, I'm ready to kick someone's face off. Come on, somebody. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have we all said that before? Have we all felt that before? Well, there's a reason for that because yesterday's fire has nothing to do with today. I have to every day rekindle the fire. 
I have to every day rekindle the relationship. I have to every day realize that while today's feeling is wonderful, it does not carry over to tomorrow. It has nothing to do with tomorrow. That's why I seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, today. Tomorrow has its own problems. But when I get to tomorrow, what I should start the day doing is being filled with the Holy Spirit by setting myself apart, by just like I would do with a fire back in the day when the house needs to be heated and when I'm trying to cook, I get back in and I see those coals are still hot now. They ain't burned out yet. And so I stoke the fire. I fan the flame. I make sure that this gift isn't being neglected. But the Holy Spirit in me is being stoked because a relationship that is ignored is not fresh. It's not good. And so if I go days and days without talking to my wife, with just ignoring her, but I'm like, ah, she's my wife. We good. It ain't good. If I just assume that she's fine because she's mine, right? I mean, we're good. Like, I don't really need to focus on her. I got all these things in my mind. I don't have to communicate with my wife because she knows my heart. Don't we say stuff like that? She knows my heart. She sure does. Are you with me today in this place? Right? She knows it. And if I'm ignoring her, that's what she knows about it. That I don't care enough about spending time with her. She's in here if y'all can't see me on the camera. That I don't care enough about her to just to say, I love you. I want to spend time with you. I want to sing to you. Even though I can't sing a lick, if I could, it'd be good. Right? Because I want you to know that it's not, that it's not just blah and it's not mundane and it's not going through motions. I, I, I desperately want to spend time with you. Well, on a different level, my relationship with the Lord, my relationship specifically with the Holy Spirit, the anointing in me has to be stoked, has to be alive. Now, I want y'all to know something really cool about the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus came, almost entirely anointing or the Holy Spirit in this way, this is oil, was, was the picture of oil. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, when anointing oil is poured on someone, it was to set them apart. There was a specific purpose. Now, I thought this was fascinating. In Scripture, I did not know this, that there are, that there are specific things that make up anointing oil, and, and you can learn about them, and it's really cool. There's five different things. But then there's also a specific thing for each king or each person. So, so just because in, in principle, all of us share similarities of our anointing, there is a specific thing for you. It's a specific fragrance. It's something that's slightly different. It may be sweet. It may be a little bit unsweet, but, but add to the flavor, and it, and it makes it even more amazing. It is specifically for you to set you apart and for you to be anointed. And there were two different types of anointing. See, Saul was anointed to be king, but the people chose Saul to be king. And so the flask that Samuel brought to Saul would have looked almost exactly like this. It would have probably not been plastic back in the day. Are y'all with me? But he would have been able to take a cap off or pull a thing off. But when God anointed David to be king, when God said, Samuel, I've, I've, that, Saul is not my man. I need you to go to one of Jesse's sons, son of Bethlehem. I need you to go find one of Jesse's sons, and I need one of them are the ones going to be anointed. He was the eighth son, the one that, that they couldn't find because Jesse called the seven but left the eight back in the woods, back in the, in the fields to, to make sure that the sheep are covered. And he's like, not old David. That's the youngest one. He's not the one that you want. Now, this was a ram's horn, and on the end of the ram's horn was a wax seal. 
And the only way the wax seal could be broken is if God said, that's my man. That's my woman. That's my person that I'm setting aside for this specific calling. And when David sat down and Samuel put the ram's horn over him, the oil flowed. Because, the, listen, no matter what someone has said about you at home or you in this room in the past, when God puts the ram's horn above you, and it's time for you to be anointed with that specific fragrance that is only meant for you. Nobody can stop it. No one's opinions can stop it. No one's past can stop it. That's why I can stand up on this stage. And people can say, that wasn't good. But I can say, well, God's poured it out. And I just get to be obedient. It does not matter if you think it's good or not. But it's also why some people send in messages. And they're like, it just felt like Pastor Mark was talking straight to me. It's the craziest thing in the whole world. Well, I ain't that good. But he is. Because the oil's flowing. Come on, somebody. That's how you know. Well, well, that's why I shouldn't take it for granted. That's why I shouldn't neglect the fact that yesterday's oil isn't for today. So if I just sit by and say, well, he filled me up and that was great and that felt good and I got the Holy Ghost bumps. It's not about having a goose bump. It's not about feeling something. It's about the reality that he, the anointed one, lives in me and then wants to fill me every single day. I hope this thing don't fall off because it'd be a trip. Come on. He wants to fill me every day. So what do I do? I rekindle the fire. I want to show you a couple things that David, King David said in Psalm. By the way, I almost skipped this. But I want you to know that the other option that we have for the fire is water. And I'm going to show you in a second how we douse it. And that's the enemy. And that happens every day. And it's devastating, but we just think it's my because it's no big deal and we can just restart it. Look what King David said. He said, you anoint my head with oil. This is Psalm 23, a very familiar passage. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. A couple things about this. The reason in this particular passage, when David is talking, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he, he restores my soul even though I walk through a valley of shadow of death. He leads me on paths of righteousness is what I skip. For his name's sake, even though I walk through a valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. His rod and staff comfort me. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. This whole thing is about sheep, that we're like sheep and he is like our shepherd. And the reason that they anointed the sheep with oil is for two reasons. One, as they walk through these valleys, through these difficulties, I really need you to lean in and listen to me as if this is your life that the oil was to heal up some of the wounds in their life, that they had been going through deep difficulties. And, and really, these weren't superficial cuts. These were actual open wounds. And this oil, on, on the day that it was fresh, someone say fresh. fresh, it would heal them. It would also act as an insect repellent. So as the insects try to come, now I don't know if y'all have ever been to the desert, but I'm just letting y'all know they're annoying. All right, they're coming. Oh, gosh. They're coming. And so it would act as both a repellent and a healer. And David, if anyone understood the power of the oil on him, do y'all remember the story? Do y'all remember the story? This, this man was anointed to be king. And everybody in his life said, you, you, you just a little kid, like it's no big deal. And then a couple years later, like, this, this massive giant who was over nine feet tall has made the entire nation of Israel, all the, all the best warriors flee. And this little kid, 12, 13 years old, probably tiny in, in stature, said, no, 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 
why are y'all scared of him? What's wrong with y'all? I don't come with sword and spear. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? I got the oil flowing on my head. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That does not mean you can, you can jump over a whole stage and, and do 20 seconds. But if you're anointed to do it, God will see you through it because he's already called me. He's already put it on me. I don't have to impress you. I've got it in me. And look at what he said. I think this is fascinating. In Psalm 92, he said, I shall, <clears throat> I will be, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That does not imply one time. That implies every single day, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I don't want to stoke the relationship, the fire with the Holy Spirit today and then let that be good for the next week and the next week and, and three weeks from now and then wonder where it's gone. I'm ready today and then tomorrow I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And, and when you fuel a fire with oil, how many of y'all know that it, it really burns? And I think that's what David a takeaway that we can have is in our own lives when it comes to the anointing of God on us. Because it's in us, but that does not mean it's activated. That does not mean it's pouring out. That does not mean it's filling up. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that I'm a jar of clay, that you're a jar of clay. And that out of us should pour out, by the way, sometimes through the difficulties, sometimes through the stuff, what should be poured out is so that people can see the stuff that's in us and experience that and say, I want that for me. They don't, they don't need me. They need what's in me for them. And if all I'm giving them is last week's stuff, I'm about to show you why that's not only not good, it's devastating. Look at this in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. It says, dead flies make a perfumer's oil ferment and stink. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Now, after I did some study and I found this out and I thought this was amazing. Someone say fresh oil. That's what David said he wanted. He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Not last week's, not yesterday's. Fresh oil. When the seal was broken, there's a limited time. Not for all oil. Olive oil can last a long time. This was not olive oil. Olive oil was one part of at least five, and then there was a specific fragrance for you. But if you wanted to use the perfumer's anointing over you, it had to be fresh, and once the seal was broken, you had to use it that day or something happened. Now, I did not know this, but I thought this was crazy. The second day the oil's open, instead of it being a beautiful smell, it attracts flies, and flies start getting in it, and then... It, it did not stink yet, but it began to bring flies in. And then after a while, not only did flies come, but they died on it. And what was yesterday's anointing that caused everybody to come in the room and, and love it and say, man, there's something on Blake, there's something on him, man, I want what's, what he's got. If you live off yesterday's tomorrow, they're gonna, it's going to stink and it's going to bring the flies. It, it does not bring the anointing like we talk about, actually the old stuff attracts flies. Now listen to this. The word Beelzebub in the Bible means Lord of the flies. And what does the enemy want to do? The Bible says in John 10, which by the way is a parallel passage to Psalm 23, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, which means I don't think the enemy cares 
Satan, Beelzebub cares if I'm anointed today as long as he knows that I'll, that I'll live off yesterday's anointing for the rest of the week. Because why? I attract the flies rather than repel the flies. I bring the destruction to my home. You're like, I don't know why I can't quit cussing my people out because I be getting all the God I can get on Sunday. Well, that ain't enough because it ain't tomorrow and it ain't the next day and it ain't the next day and you have to get along with God and stoke the fire. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We alone can get in those secret places and say, God, I need your fresh oil to flow in my life today because I don't know what I'll face. But when I face them, my words aren't enough. My talent's not enough. And my talent might change your mind, but only the anointing can break the yoke. And so if I'm not living that way and I'm not stoking the fire, my relationship's not fresh, then I'm hoping that I'm good enough. But in reality, what I do is I'm a fly trap. Which is amazing because the word for offense, the word for offense in the Greek is the same word as trap. And all the enemy does when he tempts you, quote unquote, all the enemy's wanting to do is for you to be trapped. But I've, I've just realized this in my own life. What, what he's wanting to trap me in is not all these bad things. A lot of times what he wants to trap me in is yesterday's good thing. Because if I believe that my self-righteousness was good, that I did good, that it wasn't only the Holy Spirit in me that did those things, that I need him so desperately today, not less than yesterday. I don't care if all you're doing is staying at home and chilling. I need God today just as much as I did yesterday. I desperately need that fire to be fanned and, 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 and to stoke it. Why? Because I'm capable of my own destruction. I don't need help from anybody. I'm a fly trap, literally, in my life. This is what it becomes. Do y'all know what this is? It's fly paper. Sometimes you hang it from a ceiling, and you open it up. It's crazy, isn't it? And it looks silly, and it looks dumb. And like, why would he put up fly paper? It's because I've realized this about Mark. I've realized this about Mark. When I'm too busy, you know, I just... I just try to figure it out. I hope I can get with God. I don't have time to really, like, I don't have time to just get with him and stoke the fire and let him just be my all in all. I've just realized this. A lot of times when I sing all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give. That's not a salvation message for me because I trusted Jesus as my savior a long time ago I'm surrendering those past dreams that I thought he screwed up on I'm surrendering the things that I don't understand and I'm saying God I desperately need you today like I did yesterday like I did the day before and like I will tomorrow because I am capable of my own destruction because this thing was never about Mark and the reason I want to be filled to an overflow is not so that the world can say, man, Mark is awesome, but so that they can experience that you are awesome and that your love is equally for them just like it is for me, that you don't love me more, you don't love me less, you love me the same. But if I'm not careful, the way that I'm supposed to love on people will end up trapping them with shame. The way that I should forgive people will end up being condemnation because I'll let my past begin to dictate my future. 
and I'll look out and say, but I had the fresh oil flowing in my life. How does this end up happening? But it's because that Beelzebub, the fly king, the Lord of the flies loves for me to have good moments as long as I'll try to feel something and not realize that it doesn't matter what I feel, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, I need God just as desperately. In the days that I'm quarantined, I need God. In the days that I'm in stadiums filled with people and, and speaking to that many people, it's no different my need for him. I don't need God more on the day that I speak to 10,000 than I do on the day that I just speak to my family. And I'll be the one that brings the flies, brings the mess, brings the junk to my relationship because I've let it die and it must be rekindled. Then this verse, y'all, is the verse that all of you have seen most likely. And if you haven't, you're going to be familiar with it at least because preachers love to say God gave us not a spirit of fear. That's the context. That's absolutely the context. He didn't give us a spirit of trap, of fear, of cowardice. Why do I get cowardice? Because I didn't restoke the flame. I didn't rekindle the relationship. I thought, I'm going to live off Sunday's word. I'm going to live off today's. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because God will handle it this week. Or Mark should preach better. It should, it should have carryover minutes. But just like the manna in the Old Testament that fell, do y'all know what it turned to the day after? Maggots. With your eggs that turned to flies. The same thing as that fresh bread, that revelation of God in my life where I just worship him. I lift my hands and I say, this worship is for you. I, I enter you. I, I just want to tell you how much I love you and thank you and I praise him with all of my heart. Why? Because he gave me a spirit of power. That word in the Greek, by the way, is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from. I'm telling you right now. I don't come with sword or spear. I come in the name of the Lord. Jesus can only come when that fire is rekindled, when that relationship is fresh and new. And if I come in my relationship and say, I just ain't feeling it. Listen, other preachers should tell you this, and they probably will, but I certainly will tell you the truth. There will be many days you ain't feeling it, but it's just as real. It's not about a feeling. It's not about getting this emotional high. Some days I feel like just blah, running. I, this is, I feel terrible. And yet he meets me right there. And he's willing to feed me whenever. And if I would just get up 10 minutes earlier, only to start my day by telling him how much I'm thankful, that I should be in a ditch somewhere, that I deserve hell, that I deserve separation from God for all of eternity, but he loved me enough to say, you're worth it. I love you. You're worth it. I love you. I forgive you. I'm not worried about what you did in the past. I thought this was so crazy. My sister and I had a conversation last night about something that she's working on, and I think it was Psalm 63. I might be getting that wrong. David is talking. I believe it's David was speaking about God, and he said that my iniquities, those sins inside, God did not hold against me, but he's heard my, my cries, my prayers. Why? Why did he hear them? Because I turned to him, because I confessed, because I asked him, because I realized what I was and what I had done. And God heard me and he met me. And do you know, I believe that's an everyday thing. 
where, we, where, we, where God hears us and where we don't say, this, this thing that I've done, some of y'all, it's yesterday. It doesn't define you as long as you don't let it. As long as the fire still has embers to burn and you, and you stoke the fire and you say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Changes everything. He gives me a spirit of, of power, of love. Y'all, if we attempt to love everybody, 1 Corinthians 13, read it today. It's unbelievably descriptive about the love of God and the, that the love that we can have. You can't do it just by trying harder. It has to be that he stokes your fire and that it's brand new. But that is possible for me to love people like God loves people only when the oil's flowing fresh. I will be, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Come on, somebody. That will be my life. And then this is the last one, and I think it's fascinating. It says self-control, but in the original language, it actually means sober-minded, not drunk. I'm going to talk about me and just something that God's shown me, and maybe this is for you. Also, do you know something I've realized about Mark. He said a lot of times when God is really moving in my life, I'm expecting him and hoping that he'll do a great work and that he does fill up the room and he does do something great. But it was never for me to consume it was for me to pour out because God doesn't fill me to enjoy what's filling me. God fills me to be poured out. But listen, when I don't let what's in me be poured out, I end up getting drunk off what should be poured out and others experience the goodness of God. I cannot be sober-minded and be drunk with my own goodness. So this might not be for you, but it's definitely about me. I just confess to every one of you that in the past, and in Jesus' name, I'm believing that it won't ever happen again. I've prided myself on like trophies and things of the past as if the accomplishments of God throwing a stone at a giant and knocking him down or cutting the head off of one is my own doing, as if with my own strength I could make those things happen. But I want to be sober-minded, clear-headed, Consistent, And the only way that I can be is with the fresh anointing of God. Come on, somebody. I need, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall have the places in my life that are deep wounds healed up because God anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. I think of Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in harmony. It's like the fresh oil that flows down the head and down the beard, all the way down to the ankles of the body of Christ. That's the oil that I want flowing in my life. That's the oil I want in the people that are around me. You know, talent is special, and I believe God uses talented people, but when the oil's flowing, there's something different. That's what changes lives, and that's what I want. For each one of you, here's what I want you to know. You can't just think or do or try and have that anointing flow in your life every day, the only way that can happen is number one, you gotta be saved. You gotta trust Jesus as your savior. Here's all that means. You confess, I surrender all to Jesus. You say, I want you to be the Lord and savior of my life. I give you my life. I've run, I've tried, but every time that I do, I'm so far and I'm tired of running. 
And I just give you my life. I, I believe you died and rose again to pay the price for my sin, and, I, and I'm yours. Y'all, if, if, if you'll say those things and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God is who he said he is and that Jesus came to save you, I believe you're saved. And if you trust Jesus, we want to help you take your first steps with him. So will you just text us 864-606-3600, the word alive. If you'll just text us that, we won't come to your house, we won't embarrass you. But I believe there's people watching me right now that you desperately need Jesus to save you right now. So text us that and let us know. And then for everybody else, listen to me. It is not a pastor's responsibility or obligation or even right to be anointed. It's all of our right. It's all of our responsibility. At work, at home, with your children, with your parents, with whoever you are and however old you are, you get to be filled with the Holy Spirit tomorrow and the next day. But you got to rekindle that relationship by stoking the flyer, by fanning the flame, by not letting that gift sit in there and die. The enemy wants to trap you. And a lot of times it's in your own talent. Don't listen to the lies. Believe God today. I shall be filled with fresh oil. Will you pray with me, God? I thank you that I don't have to have social distancing from you, but I shall be filled with fresh oil today. And I thank you that you offer that to every single one of us, man, woman, and young person, under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you led me in a crazy direction this week, because God, I certainly wasn't planning on speaking on anointing during the social distancing series, but I know it was you. And if it was for nobody else, God, I know you wanted me to acknowledge before you and before everyone else. But God, I will not miss. I will not miss the gift anymore that is the Holy Spirit. I will be filled with your Holy Spirit every single day. And so, God, I just pray that as we move forward and in everything that we do, we will fan the flame and stoke the fire in our relationship with you, that we will pursue you. God, I believe what the Bible says, that you're not a respecter of persons, but you are of those who, who pursue you with spirit and truth. And so that's what we choose to do, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Listen, before we close out, we have an amazing song that, Shannon's going to lead us in in just a second, but I just want to speak directly to you and let you know. I believe one of the ways that you can show that you're being led by the Holy Spirit is by returning to God what belongs to Him and by being generous in your tithes and offerings from there. If God is leading you, I'm just asking you today, just do what He tells you to do, whatever it is, and give back, give back give to him what belongs to him. Y'all, every person listening to this message should be giving to someone, meaning a church, not a person, giving to somewhere. And if you'll do that, it'll change your life because God rewards those who are obedient to him. 
He's, he loves when we follow his principles. So, so if you want to give here, there's, there's simple and easy ways to give that we'll put on your screen. But I think the simplest right now is just to text this, the keyword give to that same number, 864-606-3600. Just text the word give. It's simple and it's safe and it's easy. And we'll help you going forward. Y'all, we appreciate. I, I want to say this about your generosity. I was looking around this morning at what we've done to this stage. I don't even know if y'all can tell yet, but you will be able to tell because it's amazing and we're doing some changes in here. It would not be possible were it not for your generosity. So as your pastor, I love you and I want to tell you thank you. You are awesome and we are so grateful for you. And we'll keep doing it and we'll reach this whole community with the gospel and love on them as a result of your generosity. It goes with the speed of your faithfulness and generosity and we're thankful for you. And now will you just stand to your feet all around the room in here, but especially at your homes where most people are today, and just lift your hands and just worship Jesus together. We just pray in this moment that you fill us, Lord, and that you'll, you'll receive all the glory and praise and honor for what's happening today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.